Last week, we began our worship series entitled The Lampstand, and we considered a passage of Scripture out of the book of Exodus in which God was giving Moses specific instructions on how the tabernacle, the place that the Israelites would worship while they were out at Mount Sinai, God was giving instructions on how that was to be constructed. And God gave every single detail of what needed to take place, from the materials that were to be used, from their size, their length, all the way down to every component that was included in the tabernacle, including a lampstand. The lampstand was to be lit and maintained in the holy place to represent the glory of God. And last week, we considered the lampstand of our lives. You know, what would we construct it out of? Do we know where it is? How would we use it? Is it lit? Upon what would it reflect? Would it in any way represent our relationship to the glory of God? And so this, this morning we light it once again. To remind us of its proper place in our lives as we seek to become peacekeepers. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. This single verse out of Matthew in the Sermon on the Mount and in the Beatitudes, this is high praise from Jesus. For Jesus is saying, if you're going to be called a child of God, then that means you're going to be God-like. You're going to have some of the attributes and characteristics of God. So if you're going to be a peacemaker, then you're going to be acting like God. It could easily say, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will do God-like things. Is there much that could be more godly than being a peacemaker? Than having that represent your life? I mean, think about it. Be, being a, a peacemaker is, is, is an indication of spiritual maturity because their childish people want to continue to fight. Spiritually mature people want to heal. Childish behavior builds walls. Spiritually mature behavior builds bridges. Childish behavior recoils. Spiritually mature people respond, restore, and reconcile. So how is it that we become peacemakers? What is it that Jesus is calling us to do in order to live this out? Well, it first has to start with taking a look at self. And this isn't a selfish perspective. It's just the realization that if we're going to be peacemakers, if we're going to be godlike in how we relate to one another into the world, then we've got to see at what level of peace do we have within us. And that's tough. You know, anytime we have to take a a spiritual inventory where we, we have to kind of look inward 
that can be very difficult. It can be painful at times. And, and I truly believe that's why so often in our lives, so that we don't have to take that time to, to be still and to look inward and to see what that relationship is like, I feel that's why we oftentimes fill our lives with so much else. Whether it's TV or reading or electronic devices or social media or, or connecting with others or calendars that are just overflowing. We have found it easier to fill our lives that way as opposed to taking a, a peaceful, quiet, inner look, a spiritual inventory of sorts because when we don't here's what tends to happen our lives do become so full but then they begin to almost spin out of control because there's so much else we feel like we need to do or want to do and it gets a little crazy you could even say that that it gets absurd and when that happens we don't have the opportunity to listen to God there becomes a spiritual deafness. In fact, the word absurd in Latin means deaf. So when life gets crazy, when life gets extreme and absurd, there comes a spiritual deafness in our lives. Which is why it's, it's so important for us individually to create the time on a consistent basis to kind of shut the world out, to, to have that quiet, to be still and know that he is God. Because when we take those occasions and we do the tough work that takes some inner looking, takes some spiritual inventory, it's then that we begin to listen. And when we begin to listen to God, it's, it's then we become more obedient. In fact, obedient in Latin means listening. So when the world gets crazy and absurd, if we can shut the world out for a bit and listen, we then come into greater alignment with God. We can then find that inner peace with ourselves and, and our connection to God. So that's why when you hear us talk about taking the time to read Scripture, being connected to a small group so that you've got others you can reflect on the Word with, that, that, that you can listen together, it is in those important steps that we can come into to greater connection to God. There, there is a direct relationship between the amount of time that we taking that quiet and silence with God and the level of peace we have with ourselves and in our relationship with God. And when that happens, we begin to bear the fruit of peace. Well, why is it important for us to bear the fruit of peace? You will discover in your life that when you have that sense of peace with self, that sense of peace in a, in a relationship with God, you will see that you have never been more creative, more fulfilled, more loving, more connected to the things that give life as when you're at that peaceful place with self and God. And then that brings you in into greater alignment with God. Now, why is that 
so important? If you've ever driven a car that was out of alignment, you know how frustrating it is. It'll pull in one direction or it kind of hobbles along and it bounces and it bumps. And you realize that this is difficult to drive because it's not in alignment. And, And the same can be true in life. That if we can get in alignment with God in that way, then we find that inner peace. And we have to answer the question. You know, who, who is building your house? Who is building the house that is your life? You know, the, the psalmist tells us in the 127th Psalm, the Lord doesn't build the house. The builder labors in vain. So are are you building your house? Or are you working with a master builder to build the house that is your life? That's the alignment. That's the inner peace that we're seeking. And when those words from the psalmist about who is building the house come alongside of the words of Jesus, words that we read about in the 16th chapter of John, in which Jesus says, I am telling you these things, so in me you can have peace. See, Jesus knew what the world was going to bring and where we were all going to maybe struggle and and have a little strain. Which is why we can see through the words of the psalmist and who's building your house. We can see through Jesus saying you can find peace in me. That he wants us to live a life in which we can be a peacemaker. Now Jesus was very specific here. He said blessed are the peacemakers. He didn't say blessed are the peace lovers because there's a difference that there are those who love peace so much that they're not willing for there to be any tension they're not willing for there to be any struggle you you know these people you you may be one of them every family has that peace lover who doesn't want to deal with the circumstances that are right in front of the family We see it in our businesses and within co-workers, those who aren't willing to deal with the situations that are right in front of them. So Jesus is not talking about being a a peacemaker by avoiding what's in front of you, by running away from, by putting your head in the sand, by ignoring what's in front of you. Rather, Jesus is saying, the way that we make peace, the way that we achieve peace, is by dealing with what's in front of us and by overcoming it. Often, peacemakers have the greatest impact through struggle. You know, Jesus never avoided a situation or question or an issue that was right in front of him. Whether it was a Pharisee asking a question, whether it was Herod or Pilate. 
Jesus understood that peace lovers can oftentimes create more trouble by not dealing with what's right in front of them. Which is why Jesus said in the second half of that verse we read from the 16th chapter of John's gospel, he said, the world will have trouble. But don't worry about it. I have overcome the world. The world will bring you trouble. Take heart. I have overcome the world. See, Jesus knew there was going to be trouble in the world. And he understood that the way you make peace is not by eliminating trouble. The way you make peace is by bringing love into the midst of that circumstance. The world is going to bring us trouble. I think part of the reason that this passage has been so heavy on my heart and so heavy on my mind is because of the election season we find ourselves in. You know, in my 50 plus years of, of living, I have never known us to be in a time that, that is more divisive, where there's more mistrust and anger and retaliation and resentment and us versus them. Never has, have I experienced that in my lifetime. This is the ninth presidential election I will have voted in. Never before has there been a time where the differences of opinion have been so strong and vociferous. And what's been difficult for me, what, what's been so hard it's okay to have those differences. But we've allowed those differences to lead to division. It's okay to have a different perspective. It's okay to have a different opinion. That's fine. But when it leads to cut-off culture, because we differ, you can no longer be part of my life. Or it escalates to threats or violence. That's not okay. It is okay for each of us to have a different opinion and to share that and to vote in that way. That's okay. Where we as people of faith have got to be very conscious and very careful is in what we do and say to be peacemakers. Because come Tuesday or, or whenever everything is finished and a decision has been made, there's going to be a lot of people who are thrilled and a lot of people who are going to be disappointed. And it is important for us 
in what we do and what we say to be peacemakers. I pray for both candidates. I pray for both of their campaigns. Because when we get beyond next week, we need each of them. We need each of their campaigns to be peacemakers in what they do and what they say. And it is so important for us to give that to the world, to our neighbors, to our co-workers, to our community. Regardless of what happens, we are called to be peacemakers, God-like. Jesus knew the world was going to bring trouble. The world was going to bring struggle. And he knew that peace wasn't the absence of any of that. Who knew that what brought peace was the presence of love? You know, several years ago, the Special Olympics was, was held in Seattle. And they got to the, to the event, the 100-yard dash, and there were nine competitors. And, you know, if you've ever watched the Special Olympics or, or been connected to it or involved, you know that, that each of those participating has some type of, of mental or physical disability. And so that they get up to the start line, and the gun goes off, and away they go. And this one boy, immediately he slips and falls. In fact, he tumbles over a couple of times and just starts to cry. And the other eight competitors, every one of them stop and turn around and go back. And they help that boy get up. And then all nine of them lock arms together and walk across the finish line together. And the stadium just stood and applauded and cheered for 10 minutes. It was incredible. And what made it so incredible is I believe deep down, most of us know it's not about winning the race. We know it's about finishing the race in a way that reflects the glory of God. So in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of financial uncertainty, in the midst of a tension-filled election, in the midst of a, of a search for a senior pastor, it's going to be how we finish the race. And whether we are reflecting the glory of God in being peacemakers. So regardless of who ends up sitting in the chair in the Oval Office a couple hours northeast of here, who ends up sitting in the chair in the senior pastor's office, there's one thing that's not going to change. And that is the one that's sitting on the throne. Jesus Christ.
as our Lord and Savior. He said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And our God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. It's my hope and prayer is that who we are individually and who we are collectively will reflect the glory of God. And that we will cling to the understanding that God indeed is not a God of disorder, but a God of peace. And we have been called to be peacemakers, to be children of God. I found that in all of our worship and all of the many things that we do, one of the greatest expressions of that peace, of that order, is the Lord's Supper. We are going to celebrate Holy Communion this morning. And if you came in and did not receive the elements, a member of our hospitality team will be happy to bring those to you. For those of you, who are worshiping with us online. Um, find something that you can take with us, be it bread, cracker, juice, water, whatever it is that can represent these elements to you. For, for our faith tells us that it's not about what we take. It's about who we take it in remembrance of. And so on that night when when Jesus was with his disciples, the night of his betrayal, he sat down and he shared a meal with them. And after they had this meal, he took bread and, and he broke it. And he said, you know what? This represents my body. And so from here on out, every time you take that bread and you break it and you eat it, do this in remembrance of me. And then in the same manner, he took a cup. He took that cup and he filled it with wine and he passed it among them. He says, this represents a new covenant. This is a new covenant that, that is being written in, in my life's blood. And so every time you have this meal together, after you have broken the bread and you have passed the cup, realize that what you are taking is representative of, of my life's blood. So take and drink. God, the bread that we have shared, the cup that we have partaken of, is such a strong reminder of the order and peace you want to bring to our lives. That you stepped into the middle of struggle, that you stepped into the middle of strife, 
And you brought a love and a hopefulness and a grace and a peace. And so, God, our prayer this morning is that we will not only remember that, but that we will live it. That indeed we will be blessed as peacemakers. For it is in the making of peace that we are the most like you. It's in the name of Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen.